0: Welcome, you're listening to audio of Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. At ICC, we are being transformed by Jesus to impact our world. Wherever you are as you listen today, we want you to know that we love and appreciate you. We're so glad you're here. We hope today's message will help you grow in relationship with Jesus. You can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at ICCMemphis.com. Thanks again for joining us.
1: Well, church family, I'm Barrett Bowden, and have the joy of leading you into the Word today. If you've got your Bibles, I would encourage you to get them open to the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. Today, um, I am excited to be able to walk with you in a passage in Ecclesiastes that we actually study together every single day. August around this time. This is the only message in the life of our church that I preach every single year. And I am excited to have the opportunity to preach uh, today from this passage in Ecclesiastes. And for some of you, it'll be the first time you've heard this. For others of you, it will be your annual reminder. But I do believe that God has um, an opportunity for you today to know more of Him. Um, The title of today's message, and I do hope this morning you'll find a way to take notes. Um, I always love to see when you engage, uh, not just listening, but really desiring to understand and to remember and hopefully to later apply. So the title of today's message is called Seasons, Realizing the Potential. Um, Quick question. Who in the room is... Transitional. We'll start with a question. Who in the room is like not from Memphis and may not stay in Memphis forever? forever? So you're geographically transitional. Oh my word. Okay, there's a lot of you. All right. Um, Who in the room is transitional in terms of you have been here in Memphis for a little bit and you probably will stay in Memphis for a while, maybe even your whole life, but you could say that in your life, in the last few years or even in this present moment, things have changed or are changing or you've experienced or are experiencing some transitions. Anybody else? All right, kind of what I thought. Um, The reality is we are a transitional people. All of us, every single one of us in this room has experienced, is experiencing or will experience transition in life. Some of you are feeling it more keenly right now than others, but all of us understand what it looks like to transition because all of us are transitional. And one of the things that I want to talk to you about today is that transitions, while at times we could say quite challenging, and I bet several of you who raised your hand in the room this morning would say, in the transition that I'm in right now, there are some bumps in the road. It's hard. It brings anxiety. It brings just Change, I I, I don't know if you're like me, change to me is just hard. Some of y'all are like, change is like everything. I love change. But for others of us, change is just hard. There are challenges and transitions, but in transitions, there are also great opportunities. This morning, I wanna talk to you about the opportunity of transition. And I wanna frame it in terms of what I told you the title of the message was, which is seasons. Because as we look at the Bible, and as we look particularly at the passage that we're going to be looking at today in Ecclesiastes, the Bible invites us to consider our life journey in terms of seasons. I wonder even right now before I start, if I had to ask you to give one word to the season of life that you are presently in, what would it be? Think about that for a second. If you had to give one word to name, to identify, to kind of mark this particular season in your life right now, what would it be? I would imagine that whatever it is that God's put on your mind and in your heart, as you consider that question right now, it's probably different than if I had asked you that question last year this time. And for some of you, I did ask you that question last year this time. And I bet your response is different. The reality is the Bible invites us to see that God has made our life and that in our life, there are seasons. If you got your Bible, turn to Ecclesiastes. Chapter three is where I want you to be in the book. I appreciate your patience waiting for the chapter number, but Ecclesiastes chapter three, and we're gonna start in verse one. And I read from the ESV. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, stones together a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing a time to seek and a time to lose a time to keep and a time to cast away a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak a time to love and and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all of his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor nothing taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been, that which is to be already has been, and God seeks what has been driven away. Father, we pray now that you would speak to us from your word, that your Holy Spirit would touch our hearts, confirm the things that are true, and lead us into the things that you desire. Help us to know you more, and we give you thanks and praise, even as we ask for your grace, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's three things this morning that I want for you to see as we talk about seasons, the season of your life, and as we talk about this season of your life, all right? The first one is this, and all of these are very simple, but all of these, I believe, are so important today for you to hear, understand and really know right now in your heart and life. Number one, God is in control of every season of life. God is in control of every season of life. If you look at verse 11, and by the way, I'm gonna uh, do bring most of the points today, in fact, all of the points today out of this single verse because it's so important that you understand this verse. Could y'all read this verse with me? You can memorize it maybe uh, later this week. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Let's read it together one more time. He has made everything beautiful in its time. The first part of the verse I want you to pay attention to because it's what I'm trying to teach you in this first point. It says here clearly that he has made. In other words, this moment of what God is doing is something that truly God is doing. What you are going through right now is something that God is attending to. He is the one who is sovereign over it. In fact, he has made this season that you're in. It goes on in the second part of verse 11, and he says, also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done. In other words, the attention here is on God and what God is doing. And then if you go down to verses 14 and 15, he says here, I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Again, the attention, the focus on, look at God and what he is doing. In fact, he says, nothing can be added to it nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. In other words, the whole point of this is to get us to come to a point of recognition. Wow, like look at God to humble ourselves to the point of recognizing that he alone is God and he is at work. Therefore, I need to be surrendered to him. You see what the scripture's teaching? God is in control of every season of life. Now, it's not just here in Ecclesiastes. In fact, if you go through the Bible, um, you can find this clear teaching in many, many places. I'll give you a few examples from the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, chapter 2, verse 21, and maybe you can write down some of these references. But it says here clearly, God changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So if you're wondering, who's the one that changes the time of our life or the season of our life? Who is it that brings transitions? Oh, you might think, oh, well, well I applied to school and I, I got it." <laughs> but do you understand that God is the one who is very much involved in in, in getting your application to the point where it would even be accepted or getting your admission to the school or even making that transition possible. Maybe as you thought about season of life earlier, you were thinking about relationship changes. Maybe you were thinking about career changes. Maybe you were thinking about income changes. Maybe you were just thinking about emotional changes or spiritual changes. The clear teaching of scripture is that we've got to recognize that God is the one who is the one at work in our life, changing times and seasons. From Job chapter 12, verses nine and 10. Job says, who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? It is in his hand that is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Do we have an understanding as we look at our life? Do you not know that it is God and His hand that is at work bringing about the transitions and the seasons that we're presently experiencing. Romans chapter 11, verse 36, at the end of Paul's great discourse. And by the way, very soon, we're gonna be beginning a new study that will take us almost a whole year uh, into the book of Romans. Anybody excited about that? I'm thrilled about it. It starts in September. But at the end of Romans chapter 11, Paul says, for from him and through him and to him are all things, and to him be the glory forever. So what he's saying is, as you look at your life, do you recognize from him, through him, to him are all things, and to him, similar to how Ecclesiastes said, this is so that you might fear him, to him. Should you humble yourself and be aware of how glorious He is, how sovereign He is, how in control He is right now, forever, amen. Like, let it be so. This is, this is how it is. So I go back to that point. God is in control of every season of life. Now, I want to bring it home to you because it's not just every season of life. What you've got to hear today is God is in control of this season, of your life. Right now, God is in control of this very moment, this very season of your life. And you know what that should lead you to do? It should lead you to trust Him. That's what God desires If you understand that God is in control of this season of your life, then the natural response will be to trust in Him. Now, when I say trust Him, here's what I mean. That no matter what season I'm in, that I'm gonna trust that God has sovereignly ordained that I be in it. That right now, that I can trust that right now he has his hands on me in this season. He, he's not a potter with the clay, so to speak, where he just puts the clay down on the spin and, it just, it just, and he just walks away from it. No, he is very actively involved in your life right now. He has his hands on the clay. He is a potter that is very attentive to his creation. He, right now, has his hands on you. And you are where he wants you to be. That he's brought you to this very point. Um, I got a a quick story that I'll share with you. 13 years ago this month, hard to believe. But 13 years ago this month, Michelle, my wife, and I uh, moved to Memphis. We moved here originally um, for Michelle, to be able to have the opportunity to attend medical school at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center. She is now, very thankfully, she's done with that. <laughs> she's now a doctor. Uh, she's on faculty at UTHSC and a pediatrician at Laboner. Incredibly proud of her and the ministry that she has through medicine to kids and teenagers of our community. But we moved here 13 years ago, and to be honest, I was kicking and screaming like a little child brat, I mean, to be honest, who's like getting drugged somewhere by their parent, and they're like, no! I was in Atlanta at the time, and I was pretty sure that Georgia was like heaven on earth. Um, to this day, I still think it's an amazingly great state, but. Things have tempered a bit in terms of my opinions. Um, I loved life as it was. Michelle had applied to multiple medical schools. In my mind, um, what God should have done was get her into a medical school in the Atlanta area so that she could move to you know, the, the promised land, the state of Georgia. Um, we could happily live in the sleek city of Atlanta, we could pull for the Georgia Bulldogs team in person, you know, every chance that we got, could be near family. Um, In my mind, like, that was just the way it should be. That was the best possible outcome. Well, she got a University of Tennessee Health Science Center, and it was clear that that was the door that was open. And I was sure that I was gonna marry the girl. I mean, we were just dating at the time. I knew that within a month, I was about to propose. She didn't know that yet. I would already talked with her family about it, my family about it, we were ready. And so there was no doubt that I was gonna follow her wherever she went. But y'all, when I followed her to Memphis, and some of y'all, y'all gonna to have to admit with me for just a second. If y'all are from here, please close your ears because I do not mean this against this great city that I now love. But when I found out I was coming to Memphis, I was like, seriously? Memphis, Tennessee? Nobody wants to go to Memphis. Anybody willing to admit that they had a little bit of a hard time when they first heard they were coming to Memphis, right? Some people in the room are going, yep, I know the feeling. Because what you, the reputation of Memphis, especially 13 years ago, and maybe even to this day, but was like, that may not be a great place for you to live. Like, that may not be a safe place for you to live. That's not a place that maybe if I got any pick on the mount that I would, like, point to and say, that's my life dream to live there. And so I came honestly confused and frustrated, bitter in my heart. I was happy to be near Michelle, but I was bitter about being in Memphis. I was resistant, completely resistant to being here for weeks. No, not weeks. For months, I was pouting with God, I was fighting against God had a closed heart. I honestly had no desire to be open to what God was doing. Much like Jonah, found myself pouting under a little shade tree. But over time, friends, I got to tell you that God changed my heart. And the only way I can attribute it is to God's grace. But the longer we were here, God broke my hardened and resistant heart. And He helped me. He helped me to see our placement in Memphis from His perspective. Up until that point, I had only seen it from my perspective of what I wanted, where I wanted to be, what I wanted to be doing. It was all defined by me. I was a central actor in my story, God. Don't you know it? Why are you not working everything out around me? And God had to help me go, uh, do you completely misunderstand here? This is not about everything revolving around you. It actually all revolves around me and I... I'm inviting you to recognize that you are fighting me when you need to be surrendered to me. And see things from my perspective because, Barrett, I'm doing a new thing. And he helped me to realize it was not about which school opened the door, it was not about which city was the best city, it was not about just me chasing Michelle. At the end of the day, the reason I was in Memphis was because of him. And He allowed me in His grace to open my heart to embrace His work in my life. And the rest of the story is that it has been so sweet and it has been so good. It has looked nothing like I thought or planned. But y'all, we're still here 13 years later, that means something. (laughs) It means that I have recognized that God is a better planner of my life than I am. Friends, God is in control of this season of your life. And where that should lead all of us is number one, we should be humble. You think you're doing something in this season, huh? Forget about that. Don't you know it's not you doing something, it's God doing something? So be humble before him. But second of all, rest. Trust in him. Be still. Know that he is God. Rest in him. The question I want to ask you in this point Is will you resist or embrace that this season is a season that God has appointed for you. I believe there are some of us who are in the midst of transition right now, or maybe in a season right now, and you right now are similar to where my heart was, where you're resisting the Lord, you're pouting, you're fighting, you're confused, you're questioning, you're resisting perhaps. And you can continue in that, but i got to tell you something. That's not the place God wants you to be. It's not all about you. And I, Listen, God cares about our hearts. He cares about our disappointments. He cares about our griefs. He cares about our sorrows. He cares about those things that may be difficult in what I'm trying to teach. But what I'm saying is what he's inviting you to do is to bring yourself to him and to say, God, while I don't, while I, I do not understand your ways, I will trust your heart. I'll trust you. I'll embrace that you are in control. This is a season that you have appointed for me. And I want you to be honest. Will you trust God? Will you trust God with this season? This season in your life, whatever it is, should be marked by growing trust in God. And I don't know what it looks like for you to take the next step of deeper trust in God. But that is God's invitation to you. Trust me. Trust me. The second thing that I want you to see in this passage in Ecclesiastes is this, that God has a unique purpose for every season of life. Not only is God in control of every season of life, but secondly, God has a unique purpose in every season of life. I love how the passage in Ecclesiastes starts because he says, for everything, <laughs> there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. In other words, the Bible's painting this picture of like all this unique stuff, all this everything, all of these unique times, these unique matters under heaven, all of this falls under the umbrella of what God is doing, all right? Go again to verse 11 there in your scripture, and I want you to look back at it. Y'all say it with me, you memorize it by now, right? He has made everything beautiful in its time. The, the, The phrase I wanna point your attention to at this point is in its time. We talked about how he has made, that's God's control. Now we're talking about how he is doing things in a particular time. And this speaks to how God works in particular moments and in particular seasons for particular purposes. He has made everything beautiful in its time. God has a unique purpose for every season of life. Now, like I told you in the first one, I could teach this throughout the whole Bible. I don't have time to do it exhaustively, but some other opportunities for us to, to see. And I guess even before I go to some of these other verses, I would just say this, that the whole Scripture (laughs) speaks to us that the focus of our life in every single season is the opportunity to know more and more of God. What it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus is to be one who has been redeemed and is called into a living relationship with God that is a growing relationship with God, that starts at the point of our trust in Him for salvation and continues throughout our life. It's not a once and done thing, it is just the beginning, our salvation, the beginning of a redeemed relationship with God. And that is life itself, all of life, can be summarized in this, the opportunity to know God. He is the best. He is life itself. And so when I speak here of a unique purpose in life what we're talking about is in each season there is a unique opportunity to know God more. The reason I say that this is this season is about you knowing God. Philippians chapter 1 this is the start of a little trail that we'll take together through some passages in scripture that support the truth that I'm trying to teach this morning. Philippians 1, 6 says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, he's saying, God has started something in you, and don't you know that right now, God is presently at work completing something in you? In theological terms, we could describe this as the difference of our justification, that moment we're made right with God when we put our faith in Christ, our salvation, and then our sanctification, which is that ongoing work of the Spirit of God in our life to help us to know Him more and to make us more like Him, okay? What he's saying here is God who started a work is now at present completing a work. He is working by His Spirit in you to help you know Jesus more, and He will finish that work one day. Theologically, we speak of that as glorification, the day of the fullness, the completion of the work that God has begun. But don't get it wrong. God right now is doing a work in your life. Yes, he's in control of the season, but the question is why? And the answer to the question why primarily is that in this season you might know more of him. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says for we are his workmanship, in other words that potter hand to the clay, right? We talked about that earlier. We are created in Christ Jesus for good work which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in it. The scripture is speaking here that God has prepared this season for us that we would learn to walk in it and what he intends for us is good and ultimately is about God. And the reason I say it's about God is because in 2 chapters over in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 Paul speaks, and we've done, we typically, by the way, in our church, teach expositionally. We like going through books of the Bible. This is a topical message, and I know I'm hopping around all over the place, but I want to assure you that even like this book in Ephesians, you can go and find our study in Ephesians so that you can see it in its proper context. But for right now, I'll take my word for it. Verse 13 says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So in other words, what God's saying to you is I wanna grow you. I'm at work right now in your life to grow you up in Jesus Christ. There was a little sign over my toilet growing up, some of you have heard this story. It was a little cross stitch thing. People don't cross stitch much anymore, but in Georgia back in the day, cross stitch was everything. Um, We got cross-stitch stuff as wedding gifts for our wedding. Anybody with me? Okay, we're the only ones? Okay, okay, whatever. Um, Cross-stitch says, please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. Little boy fishing. Please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. In other words, it's a recognition that right now, God is still growing me up. Right now, in this season, it's a season that is marked by his work in my heart and life to help me to know him more. It's, a, it's an opportunity for me right now to know him more and to learn to show him more into the fullness of the stature of Christ. In any given season, this is God's primary concern for you. You are a work in progress, you are in the midst of spiritual transformation. This transformation is the greatest joy of life, knowing Jesus and experiencing Him in our life and experiencing His work in our life. And this work is ongoing and will keep going on the rest of our life. Um, I think there's a lot of confusion sometimes around seasons of our life. But I'm trying to provide clarity this morning in saying this, that God is more concerned about your character and your nearness to Christ than anything else. He is more concerned about your character and your nearness to Christ than your career. I think sometimes I get worried as a pastor because I look out and I see a lot of people who are concerned with career, whether it's in school, preschool, not, not like three-year-olds, I'm talking about before school, whether it's during school, whether it's after school. And it's almost like we build our whole lives or we base our understanding of our whole, each season on our careers. And God is going, um, I, I, I actually, I mean, I'm glad to be able to provide for you through work. And I'm glad for the good work that you're putting your hands to. We're not minimizing work in any way. Work is a good gift of God created before the fall. But at the end of the day, what, should, what your priority should be in any season is not your career, but your nearness to Christ, your likeness to Christ. God is more concerned about building your character than your career. Did you know that? And it would be a better choice for you to give up a little bit on some things with career and pursue Jesus than to have all the career stuff and miss out on Jesus. It would be much better for you to keep focused on Christ. Another way I can say it, maybe this will stick. (laughs) God is far more interested in who you are than what you do. He is far more interested in this season of your life. Some of us are so concerned with with all that we're committed to in terms of activity. But who are you in terms of identity? He is more concerned with building you who you are and who you are in him, in Christ, than, than what you do. Michelle, um, when I first met her, we were working at a camp um, in the middle of college. We ended up on the same camp staff. So, for anybody who doesn't think there can't be true love working together in a camp, you're wrong. Uh, Michelle and I have been married now 12 years, and happily so. And we, it all started on working a camp staff together, all right? We were doing that over in Charleston, South Carolina. Our whole relational history can be summarized with southeastern states. I can tell you about that later. But one of the states in our story is South Carolina because we met there in Charleston. Anybody ever been to Charleston? Great little place. Um, I'll never forget, though, the first week of camp, we were all sitting around a circle. There was about 30 of us on the camp staff, and it was a Christian camp. And so the activity that I'm about to describe is, is probably not abnormal for this kind of camp. They gave everybody like a 15-minute slot on the camp staff, and part of our training week was everybody got to go around and tell their their life story and their Christian testimony. Well, when it got to Michelle's turn, I'll never forget what she said, because she said, um, as I want to start to share my story today, I actually want to do it using the names of God. And she said, as I reflect back on my story, she said, it's not about so much what I was doing as much as like how God was showing himself to me. And she started with her child and teenage years and she went all the way through up to that present moment. And in each season of her life, she was basically attaching a name of God. And if you don't know anything about the names of God, it's part of his character. And what she was basically saying is, as I think about my story... I think about the ways in which in each and every season, God has helped me know more of himself. I was sitting there like, dang, never ever thought anything this deep my whole life. Who is this girl from Mississippi? That's another state. Um, And I, I was just amazed. And to this day, my wife has that kind of depth, far surpassing my own. I'm so grateful for Michelle. I wonder though, how that could potentially reframe how you think about this season. How could you not think about it according to what you're doing, but who you're becoming in God? How could you think about it according to how he's trying to reveal himself to you? Right now in this season, what is God doing in your heart and life? How is he wanting to show you more of himself? This is bigger than career and it's also, God's more concerned about your your character than your comfort too. It's bigger than our comfort and this flies in the face of what we in the West often think but there's passages in the Bible and I don't have time to teach them extensively today but I promise like this one in Romans we'll come back to in just a few months. Romans chapter five, it says not only that but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. How crazy is this that even if you said earlier, when I said what is the one word that describes this season, even if your word was reflective of pain, that even in this moment, there is an opportunity in the midst of your pain to be led closer to know the great hope and love of God, to learn the comfort of the Holy Spirit. There are opportunities right now in this moment that you may never have again to learn more of God. What is your opportunity? What is God doing right now to help you know more of Him? I just, I just pray <laughs> I pray for us to have the bigger picture of what God is wanting to do. God has a unique purpose in every season of life. And I can reframe it like I did the last one, which is this. God has a unique purpose in this season of life. And what should this lead us to do, friends? Well, the first one I told you it should lead you to trust, but with this one, here's what I want to encourage you. As I do every year this time, seek Him sounds so simple. But sometimes the the simplest things are the things that we often have the hardest time learning to live in day to day. (laughs) Just seek him. We must make a choice to, to believe, God, you do have a purpose for me. And it's about you. Over and over in the scriptures, like Matthew 6, clear instruction. Seek first the kingdom of God. Okay, yeah, I'm in school, or I'm in this work season, or I'm in this family moment, I'm in this friend moment, I'm in this career moment, whatever. Okay, yes, but there's something bigger going on here. And, and what he says is, if you will prioritize me, I'll take care of the rest. Seek first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness, nearness to him, likeness to him. And all of these other things will be added to you. God's going to take care of you. Jeremiah 29 It's a passage that many of us know. Speaks of the plans that God has for us. For I know the plans that I have for you to declare. So plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. But then he says, but then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. How will the plans of God be realized in your life as you seek him? As you make the choice to prioritize him above all else. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is from Philippians chapter three. Man, I just wish for more of us as a church family to have this heart. The heart that says, but whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. In other words, he's saying, if I had to make a comparison of what I could pursue in life, And this season, you you have a lot of things you could pursue, every one of you, in different ways. But Paul goes, as I make the comparison, (laughs) there is no comparison. I will minimize everything else and prioritize Jesus because there is surpassing worth in knowing him. I consider everything else second. I consider him first, and I am going to make the choice to seek after him. The question for you, is will you allow God to work in your heart in this season to grow you closer to Him? And will you surrender to God in your life for His work in this season? I believe some of y'all know. Some of y'all know. <laughs> I believe some of y'all know what God might be desiring to do. And I'm just asking you, embrace it and really yearn for it. Make this season a season to know him more. And so that the end of it, maybe this time next year, you can say, here's my name of God, or here's my testimony. This is how I know God more because of the season that I've been in. Well, third and finally, friends, uh, we talked about this morning how God is in control of every season. We talked about how God has a unique purpose for every season. And third and finally, we're going to talk about this, how God is faithful in every season of life. I love the word faithful in the Hebrew. Um, it's the word hasid, And it literally means basically like how God is loyal and loving kindness. It's an amazing word that really has no English equivalent. But we could describe in this season how God is loyal and loving kindness to you. God is faithful in every season. Go back to verse 11 and I close by just drawing your attention to a single phrase. Y'all say the verse with me. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And the phrase I wanna point your attention to now is everything beautiful how God is at work in his loyal, loving kindness, how God is at work in his faithfulness to actually bring about beauty, to bring about goodness in this present season. He is faithful in every season of life. There is one constant in your life in every season. There is one hope in your life in every season. Some of y'all are going through change right now. But I gotta tell you, anchor your hope not in circumstances or careers or comfort that changes. Anchor your hope in the character of God because He never changes. He is faithful. Lamentations 3 verses 22, 23 says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. Psalm 18, 1 to 3 says, I love you, O Lord. You are my strength. You are my rock. You are my fortress. You are my deliverer. You are my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. In the midst of this season, where are you going to turn to hold on to? Where are you gonna look for your hope? Where will you find strength and stability? Let it be the Lord for he is the one and the only one who is faithful, faithful, faithful. Joshua 23, 14, before he was about to die, he said, I'm about to go the way of all the earth and you know in your hearts and souls, all of you that not one word, has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God has promised concerning you not a single word. This echoes what Hebrews teaches us in 10:23 that says, "Let's hold fast then the confession of our hope without wavering because he who promised is what? is faithful." And friends, I got to tell you The story of my life is not a story of my faithfulness to God. It's a story of his faithfulness to me. And friends, if we're going to have any hope in this season or any to come, it's going to be because we cling to Jesus who is faithful. The scripture says in 2 Timothy 2, verse 13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Faithful for he cannot deny himself. There are some seasons, we go through valleys and we go through mountaintops. All of us. And there are some seasons that it's really very, very evident. Like, my only hope, my only hope Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. My only hope, God, you're with me. You're with me. There are some seasons. Some of y'all may not have experienced them yet, but there seems some of y'all today who are right in the middle of it. And you know that your only hope is the faithfulness of God to you. Your only hope is God holding on to you. And I just want to encourage you, hold on to him because he promises faithfulness. And for those of you who feel like everything's hunky-dory right now, everything's great, up and to the right, I got to tell you, be careful. All of that stuff that sometimes we, we feel real good about life because we have all of this going well, that all is an illusion. That stuff can be taken from you in a heartbeat. You've got to maintain a rock-solid confidence in something more than the stuff this world throws at you. You've got to be anchored in God. We've got to be anchored in God. He is our stability. He is our strength. And you've got to choose to hope in Him. Maverick City. Y'all know Maverick City music? They were on the Grammys this past year. Apparently they've like become a thing. Um, I like to pride myself in saying I knew them before they were a thing. But um, maybe not because... They were on Apple Music when I found them, so who knows. Um, Anyway, Maverick City Music is a worship band, but they wrote a song called Promises, and the song lyrics are really touching to me. He says, God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant and of faithful promises time and time again. You have proven that you will do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Oh, great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising sun to the setting the same, I will praise your name for great is your faithfulness to me. When the seasons change, you remain the same. God, from age to age, though the earth may pass away, your word remains the same. Your history can prove there's nothing you can't do. You are faithful and true. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. How great is your faithfulness to me. Then they say, I put my faith in Jesus. My anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation, he'll never let you down. I wonder today, do you have your faith in Jesus? Where is the anchor of your life down into? I pray it's in Jesus Christ. He is loyal and loving kindness and the way that we know in every season that he is faithful, faithful, faithful. As we look not to our circumstances, but we look to the cross. And we see a God who in his great love for us came to live for the righteousness that we did not have, to die for the forgiveness we so desperately needed, taking on our sin, bearing the wrath of God, putting it to death on the cross. He demonstrates his love in this, that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Can you even imagine the love of God for you? How he put your sin away in the grave, and after three days he rose to newness of life, and friends, he lives today and he will come again, and he can make you new, and he will remain loyal in his loving kindness. Amen? Put your faith in Jesus. This third point is God is faithful in every season, and he's faithful in this season. So what should you do? What is the response? Here it is, hope in him. (laughs) Hope in him. Where will you find your stability and strength in the season ahead? Will you hope in his faithfulness? As I close today, um, I just tell you what I told you at the beginning. We are a transitional people. And even right now, you are in the midst of transition in some way or another. You're in the midst of a unique season. And I told you at the beginning that transitions, while they're challenging, they do bring opportunities. And I've outlined for you today what these opportunities are. And I'm asking the question now, will you make the most of this season? I've told you that God is in control of this season. I've told you that God has a unique purpose in this season. And I've told you that God is faithful in this season. Those things I can tell you. I can declare to you. What I can't do for you, and what right now as we move into our time of prayer, you need to right now in your heart beg God to do, You've got to beg God right now to do something in your heart that I can't give you, I can't do for you. Nobody can. You need the Spirit of God to touch your heart right now in these three ways. You need to trust Him. You do. You need to seek Him. You need to make Him your number one priority. And you need to hope in Him. You've got to put your anchor in Him. Some of us are resisting and you need the Spirit of God to overcome that this morning and just let let that just dissolve. This morning, God may want to break some of you. And just let Him do that. Just let Him break you. Let Him pry your hands off of that which you're holding on control to and let Him just give you release. Some of y'all today have been thinking this season's about something other than Jesus and today... God's confronting you and saying, wait, wait, wait. Right now, this is about me. It's something I want to show you of myself, something I want to do in you. And maybe today you just need to say, God, make that my leading priority. And some of us today, we're we're hoping in something that's not really firm ground. And God's invited you to, to, to kind of take the anchor out of that which is not real and to drop it and to just make your strength and stability himself. So Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that you would work by your Holy Spirit. You are powerful and you are present. And I pray, God, that you would work in our hearts, lead us to you. You are wonderful in every way. You love us, you're for us. You gave yourself for us. Oh, Father, I pray that if there are those here today that don't know you, that even now, God, you would touch their heart, help them to turn from sin and put their trust in you, Jesus. Help them to, to call upon you and give them life today. For all of us, Lord, in this season, I pray that we would call upon you, that you would do something in our hearts that would lead us to see the opportunity that you're providing right now. We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you again for joining us for today's Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis. We want to encourage you to join us in person for worship soon. No podcast can ever replace the good design of God in gathering in person with other believers for worship in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with ICC, you can visit us at iccmemphis.com. As we close, we offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thanks again for joining us.